This is Money Motivation and Mike, and I am your host, Michael Wayne Wright. In charge of the controls, as always, audio engineer Jason Wright. And hello to you, world. This is the show that will change your life. You can contact us at info at mx3.vip and find all of our content at mx3.vip or on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at mx3podcast. And don't forget to hit the like, subscribe, and icon bell to get notified of all of our new information and episodes that come out every Monday morning around 9 o'clock. Now, you, you can tell I'm a little under the weather today, Jason, but never sick at sea. Got to show up, got to do it. And we have been talking for the last three months off and on about the Dallas Cowboys. And if you remember, there was an episode two weeks ago. It took me 40 minutes just to talk about how the 1990s Cowboys were assembled. I'm fixing to cover 23 years of football, Dallas Cowboys style, and let's say the next 20 minutes, because there's not a whole lot to talk about (laughs) from the year 2000 to the year 2023. But I'm also going to give you some tidbits here that it's going to surprise you lifelong Cowboy uh, lovers including myself, over what's been going on over the last three years, specifically this year. So we got to wrap up this thing, get to the end of the day, and I'm going to give you some career leader numbers for the Cowboys and some other little tidbits so that we can get on to, well, it's, it's, it's Christmas Eve. It's Christmas time. And next week, we're going to have an episode on Christmas just for you listeners and viewers. But, but, and also, by the way, our view and audience up over the last 28 days, Jason, is up 180%. Very nice. Continuing to show us the love that we uh, are, are very, very grateful for. So moving into the Dallas Cowboys from 20, from the year, from the turn of the millennium, from 2000 forward. And some very interesting tidbits in the last 23 years. The Dallas Cowboys have only had, including 2023, 10 winning seasons, Jason. Mm. From 1966 to 1986, the Dallas Cowboys had every year a winning season. Now, I want you to think about that. Even in the year they didn't make the playoffs, which was 1974, they went 8-6. and six. For 20 years in a row, they had a winning season. For the last 23 years, the Dallas Cowboys have only had 10 winning seasons, and three of those 10 have been in 21, 22, and 23. That's why we don't have to spend a whole lot of time over from 2000 forward. Here's something else to think about. From 1960 to the year 1999, 40 years, the Dallas Cowboys had four coaches. Over the next 20 years, the Dallas Cowboys would have another four coaches. Mike McCarthy now has been on the job for the last four years, and this is, this is the fifth coach that we've had since the turn of the century. And during that time, it hasn't been very good. Four victories, four playoff victories. The Eagles in 09, the uh, Detroit Lions in 14. Uh, we did have home field advantage in uh, the playoffs in 16. Got beat by the Packers, did not win a game. Uh, 
Uh, 07, we we had the first round buy and, and the number one seed did not win a game, even though Wade Phillips said we did win a game because we got a buy. So we beat the buy twice. That's not part of what we're calculating here. <laughs> and then in 2018, we beat the Seattle Seahawks. And then last year in 2022, we beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That is the only four victories over the last 23 years. And like I say, from 1966 till 1986, 1985, Cowboys went to the playoffs every year except for one and had a winning, a winning record every year but one. So we start off in the year 2000. And, you know, there's not a whole lot of things to talk about other than the fact that Dave Campo still to this day cannot tell you. Dave, good good guy, a good defensive assistant. I'm not going to call him a defensive coordinator, even though he was a part of those 90s teams. He was not the defensive coordinator by record. Um, he went 5-11 and 11 three times, 2000, 2001, 2002. He won 15 games in three years. Dallas has won 10 games this year with four to go. Okay. Then Jerry, in his genius mind, wanting to build a new stadium, brings in the best man on the street. And I don't want to say just on the street, brought the best man that he possibly could get. And that was Bill Parcells. And Parcells came in and and did things and got the got the uh, the, the the talent going back in the right direction. And you, you know, he, he only won 10 games one time. We talk about Parcells. He did do some good things, and he did take them to the playoffs twice. And we'll never forget the 2006 game uh, when our boy Tony Romo drops the snap, and I don't believe he mentally ever recovered again the rest of his career from that situation. But nevertheless, Parcells gets a lot of accolades. He only won 10 games in 2003. Went nine and seven, nine and seven, and six and ten in two thousand four. So we get all excited about what he did. Hey, he did great coming off the campo, and I know he did a lot of stuff to build that team going into two thousand seven. That went thirteen and three, uh, led by Romo and and um, um, uh, Marion Barber and uh, and Terrell Owens, uh, the wide receiver, and those. Those three years, the Cowboys did win 33 games, did not win a playoff game until 2009 when they beat the Eagles, then went up and got beat by the Vikings. So that wasn't good enough for Jerry. Now, I'm, I have to correct myself from the last episode. I said that Jerry was involved in firing every head coach the Dallas Cowboys have ever had. Bill Parcells didn't get fired. He walked away after 2006. And a lot of that had to do with the grind of that season. And that loss up in Seattle was uh, very detrimental to him, um, as word says, in a mental way that basically ended his career um, with the bot snap. And Seattle, Washington, January 2007 for the 2006 season. Okay, now we move into what I call nine and a half years of life that I will never get back. Better known as the Jason Garrett era. <laughs> Jason Garrett in nine and a half years, because Parcells, Parcells, the only coach to get fired by the Dallas Cowboys in midseason, takes over in mid-2010, and, and he does get things going in a better direction. 
because in 2010, we did go 6-10. and 10. Tony Romo got hurt in that year. But then he was healthy the next three years. And in that nine and a half, and basically the 2010 season gets put on Garrett because he finished it off. In that 10-year span, Red Jesus won 10 games only three times. How does a man, how does a coach in this league Remember, Chan Gailey in 98-99 went to the playoffs both years, won the division in 98, gets fired after two years, and Garrett gets 10 years. 10 years. Went 12-4 and and 14. That was the Seattle win. Um, went 13-3 uh, in 2016, got the bye, did not win. Packers rolled in here and beat us. And in 2018, went 10-6 and and beat Seattle at home. Now, Jason Garrett in 10 years, three winning seasons, and two playoff victories. Now, the next coach, Mike McCarthy. McCarthy didn't get off to the best of starts um, in, in 2020. Of course, I guess you have to give everybody a hall pass for 2020 uh, with, with the pandemic and all that stuff and everything that went on and yada, 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 and, and also Dak Prescott. That was the year he broke his ankle, about four or five games in, into the year. Uh, but since then, 21, 22, and 13 games into 23. Dallas, and, and of course, you know, we've went to the 17-game schedule here. Dallas won 12 games in 21, 12 games in 22, and already won 10 games in 23 with four to go. Jason, according to my math degree, that's 34 victories in the last three years with 34 victories in two and two-thirds, three-quarters of a year because we still have four games left. I went back and did a little bit of research on this, and Wade Phillips in 07, 08, and 09 won 33 games. Remember, McCarthy's already won 34 games. 07, 08, and 09, 33 games. Then we come down here and we look at Jimmy uh, Switzer. We'll go to Switzer. 96, 95, and 94 won 34 games. McCarthy's already won 34 games with four to go. He'll have to go 0 and 4. Phillips, 33 games. Garrett, there's nothing in there you can even talk about. By the way, he went, he went 8 and 8 four times. Incredible. Keep a job doing that. Jimmy Johnson. 12 and 4, 13 and 3, and 11 and 5. It's 36 games. And that's the number right now that these Dallas Cowboys are pursuing. 11 and 5, 12 and 4. 11 and 5, 13 and 3, and 12 and 4. 36 games. That was, that was 91, 92, and 93. Because remember, Switzer became the coach in 94. So they are pursuing a 36. That is the best three game, three year uh, history of the of regular season for the Dallas Cowboys of 36 victories. And this team right now has 34. They have to go 2 and 2 to tie that record. Now, I know there's more that, that, that comes along with that because. Let's just go back and look at Landry when they were only 14 games. His 76, 77, and 78 team won 35 games, only playing 14. 
Now, remember, Jimmy Johnson won 36 games playing 16. He got six more games and only got one more victory. That tells you how great those 1970s Dallas Cowboys were. Mm-hmm. In 79, 80, and 81, Landry also won 35 games. Now, those were 16-game seasons. So those are the years that you could say. And in 77, 78, and 79, they won 35 games as well. And the 77 season was a 14er. So two less games and only one. And you can see the reason I'm pointing this stuff out here is, is because we're seeing right now what these Cowboys of our current state are doing. And a lot of people, including myself, are waiting until January to see if they can get over that hump and finally make an NFC Championship game for the first time since 1995 season when Barry Switzer was the coach. Because all these numbers all of a sudden don't mean anything if you don't do anything in the playoffs. All these numbers in the past have meant something with Tom Landry and Jimmy Johnson and Barry Switzer. So what are we going to do now? But as you can see, as I pointed out, 34 victories to date, four games to go. You've got to win two to to tie the three-year average, the three-year total of, of, of victories, or you have to win three to break that record. Be anxious to see what's going on here over, over the next month as the Cowboys prepare to make the playoffs, as they will again, which, by the way, will be the third time in a row for the Dallas Cowboys. The last coach to go to the playoffs three years in a row for the Dallas Cowboys was Jimmy Johnson. Excuse me. 94, 95, and 96, Switzer. Switzer did. 97 was the debacle year when the Cowboys went 4-10. and 10. So Switzer did it. Mm. And you think about that. Six years in a row there from 91 to 96, the Cowboys went to the playoffs. And we can't even get back into... What, what what Landry did for 20 years, which also tells you once again how big and how far out in front the Dallas Cowboys were from 1960 till 1989 when Landry left the team. Now, with all that being said, we can see, I, I was it, 15 minutes? I've already covered uh, 23 years of football with mm-hmm. a lot more to go. So as we continue on here and trying to finish up these Dallas Cowboy episodes, there's a few things else I'd like to touch on besides the the matters that we already have. And that is the fact that the Cowboys now are working on season 64. They won 560 games to date, 411 losses and six ties. Playoff record, they have 36 victories in the playoffs. The New England Patriots are the only team that has more if they're not tied. And I'd have to double check that. Five Super Bowls, eight appearances, the New England Patriots and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Both have six victories. Um, It's the only thing that tops the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I'm going to put some hurt on you here. Remember, you got to look at it throughout these years. For example, like in 1971, Roger Staubach led the league in passing with just a little over 1,700 yards. Now, these guys throw for 5,000 every week. Back in those days, the running back was a big, big thing. You ran the ball until they stopped it. You didn't come out throwing. You only threw on third down. It was a lot of different things that were going on back in those days. But our all-time passing leader right now, Jason, is Tony Romo with 34,183 yards 
Romo threw for 248 touchdowns. That's a lot of numbers. Mm-hmm. Now, with that being said, people would struggle. He took over in 2006 and relinquished to 2016 to Dak Prescott. So let's say during that 10-year span, people would struggle to go out and name two of his running backs because it was a pass-happy league. Still is. So that's my point. When you talk about Stallback, you, you talk about Dorsett. When you talk about Aikman, you talk about Emmitt Smith. You could even go back to talking about Don Meredith of the 60s and Don Perkins comes to mind because he was the dude back in those days. Now, back on the all-time leading rusher, as we've already discussed on the NFL, and in that time of, of Emmett breaking the, the, the National Football League record for rushing yards in a career, he ended up with 17,162 with the Cowboys and 153 touchdowns. 153 touchdowns, Romo threw 248. The all-time leading receiver, and this goes on receptions, Jason Witten had 1,215 receptions. A lot of people think of um, Michael Irvin being the best receiver in the history of the Dallas Cowboys. He had 750 receptions. So, Witten had almost 400 more receptions. 335, 365 to be exact. Witten had 12,977 yards, and Witten received and caught 72 touchdowns. Michael Irvin was like 75. The all-time leading scorer for the Dallas Cowboys. Now you got to think about this. When 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 you whoever scores the touchdown, the, the quarterback throws, and they said the quarterback threw thirty-five touchdowns. That does not he does not get scoring points for that. The receiver gets those scoring points. The running back gets those scoring points. The defensive player who runs the interception back. The kicker. Every time the kicker, kicker is usually the leading scorer on a lot of teams. Because they get a point every time there's a score. They get three points every time there's a field goal. And as you know, kickers average from seven to ten points a week just on their own. Where one player may score one touchdown or ten touchdowns over the course of a season, that's only 60 points. The reason I point this out is because Emmett Smith had 986 points he scored for the Dallas Cowboys in his career. 14 short of 1,000. The only person that's ever scored more points is Jerry Rice with the 49ers. Now, this is something that's interesting, is Emmett Smith is the all-time AV leader. Now, what does AV stand for? Approximate value. What is the value you bring to your team? You're in and you're out. Now, you also have to factor in here, and this is for, this is for the career, Emmett Smith's number is 162 approximate value that he brings, that he brought to the Dallas Cowboys when he played uh, for, for Dallas. So you also factor in the lean years. So you've got somebody out here that has a great 10-year career, but they hang on for another five. Their value goes down. As Emmett's would have when he was with the Arizona Cardinals because those two years out there didn't, didn't work out so well. And, and basically those three years that he played under um, uh, Dave Campo didn't, didn't go so well either because they knew that Dallas was going to be running the football because we run about a half a dozen quarterbacks through there in those three years, which was one of the reasons that he left for a moment. But nevertheless, your approximate value that you bring to your team. 
So what I did is I went back here and I went over and I researched the National Football League and what the approximate value that particular individuals have brought to their team during their career and and bringing this into what Emmett Smith has been for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I'll tell you this, Jason, and then I'm going to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Emmett Smith with a 162 approximate value that he brings to the Dallas and brought to the Dallas Cowboy franchise ranks 26th in NFL history. 26th. Who do you think's number one? You're struggling down there, huh? I am. Aikman? Nope. It's not Troy Aikman. Matter of fact, since you asked that question, and I do have some of those marked, <clears throat> I've got to go find Aikman. And Aikman is on back here because I'm going to touch on some of the. Troy Aikman had an approximate value of 120. He is 219th all time. Okay, what about Brady? Tom Brady's number one. Tom Brady's number one with a 326 approximate value. Of course, I mean, he went to um, 10 Super Bowls. Yeah. One seven. Yes, one seven. Got beat by the Eagles, got beat by the Giants twice. He went to, he went to 10 Super Bowls. Uh, that's some value. Absolutely. Three, 326. And he also played 22 years, 22 quality years. Not staggering off like some of these other guys like I talked about. Drew Brees is number two, and his value really? is 277. He is almost 50 points worth of value behind Brady. 50 points. Wow. And Emmett Smith in 26 is ranked 162. Uh, 100, 162 average value points. Take 50 off that, and he's at 116. Uh, 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 excuse me, 112. So here's your here's your rundown of average approximate value that you bring to your team. Teams, actually, teams. Teams. Because uh, Tom Brady has two teams. Same mm-hmm. value. And that's where Emmitt's has two teams. His value would be more if he had not went to Arizona and had, had retired after the uh, the uh, 2002 season, but he played two more years with the, with the Cardinals. Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning's third. Brett Favre is fourth. Okay. Jerry Rice is fifth, a receiver. Fran Tarkenton, Aaron Rodgers. Number eight, Reggie White, defensive player. Number nine, Bruce Smith, defensive player. Number 10, Ray Lewis, defensive player. And we'll go right there at, 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 uh, at Ray Lewis. He came in at 224. What this is telling you is that Ray Lewis was more valuable to the Baltimore Ravens than Emmett Smith was to the Dallas Cowboys and the Arizona Cardinals. Hmm. That's taking everything you've mm. done from the moment the gun goes off until the end of the game. Yeah. For 60 minutes, 16 times a week, 16 times a year, every week, and whatever, how many ever stops you had along the way. Now, I've also went through here and looked up some other folks where Emmett comes in 26. He's the all-time leader for the Dallas Cowboys, and he'd be the all-time leader for the Arizona Cardinals, too. Um Deion Sanders was 37th. Okay. Just six points behind Emmett Smith. 
the first defensive player. Now, Dion was obviously a defensive player. He also had value through special teams. Right. So that, that, that gets factored in. Randy White comes in at number 65. Randy White with a 150, 150 rating. That's how important he was to the Dallas Cowboys throughout those years. Tony Dorsett comes in at 116. Mel Renfro comes in at 134. Mel Renfro was more important to his team than Roger Staubach was, according to the numbers. Wow. <laughs> Ed Tutal Jones comes in at 155. DeMarcus Ware comes in at 164. Now, on those teams that DeMarcus Ware played on, he was very, very valuable because they wasn't, they, well, that was, we'll go back to that. I don't want to go back to that. <laughs> I want to try to forget that part of my life right. uh, with Jason Garrett. You have to go all the way to 171 to find our boy, Roger Stahlback, who comes in at a, ra- an, a, a rating of 127. Chuck Howley just went into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, just got um, was uh, been in the ring of honor for a long time. The three, the only MVP of a losing team in a Super Bowl is ranked 213th with a value of 121. And on this list of 250 people, Troy Aitman comes in at 219, like I already told you, at a mark of 120. Incredible. Mm-hmm. What, uh, how, how we can make numbers, was it, um, Figures can lie and uh, liars can figure and figures can lie. There you go. <laughs> and you can you can make these numbers whatever you want to make them. But that that is according to the approximate value that you as a football player bring to your team. And the highest Dallas Cowboy was Emmett Smith. And and you know I I didn't look up here, but I have went through. Well, there's the top 50, and I was looking for a Johnny Unitas who people talk about, a Jim Brown who people talk about, some of the legends that uh, of, of, the, of the era before the modern era. So I don't even see those guys on these lists. I'm, I'm, down, to, I'm down to 100, and I don't see the one of those. And the, I mean, that's considered one of the all-time great quarterbacks and one of the all-time great uh, running backs. And and Unitas and Brown, you don't you don't bring up uh, legendary football without bringing up their names and approximate value. I I can't imagine somebody being more valuable to their team than was Jim Brown. Obviously, the winningest football coach for the Dallas Cowboys is Tom Landry with two hundred fifty victories. He ranks third, um, but behind uh, Don Shula, the all time leader, and Chuck No, the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback. The the fact that he ranks third, that's one of those records that will stay forever. 250 yeah. victories, because coaches don't stick around like that. Nope. It's, it's, it's come and go real quick. And, and as far as uh, what goes on here with the Dallas Cowboys, you know, the retired numbers is a big deal. People talk about retired numbers. Cowboys do not retire numbers. But they do have some unwritten rules, some cardinal rules, if you will, on – Numbers that will never be worn again. Now, starting right off the bat, Troy Aikman's number eight has never been worn again. And then we go, Roger Staubach's number 12 has never been worn. Now, Bob Hayes wore 22. He was the original 22. You know, we've got some legendary numbers 
22 is one of them, 88 is another, etc. Uh, but Bob Hayes wore 22, and then they issued that number to Emmett Smith. Now, no one has worn 22 since Emmett Smith. Man, uh, this is also according to public relations former director Rich Dalrymple that the Cowboys are one of a few teams in the NFL that do not retire numbers. But these numbers that we're talking about have aren't aren't worn, have never been issued. They're not even worn in off-season workouts. So 8, 12, 22, Bob Lilly's number 74, and Jason Witten's number 82. Hmm. I mean, I liked Witten, yeah. but, yeah. you know, he won the same amount of playoff games as Tony Romo did. <laughs> and I don't know how you can, uh, you can, never mind, what, whatever. I, I'm, when, when, you, when you've lived, when you've been following this team since the 70s, and 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 some of the uh, uh, lifers since 1960. It's hard to talk about the Tony Romos and Jason Wittens being uh, all-time greats of the Dallas Cowboys because the Dallas Cowboys were built around winning mm. and making the playoffs and going to Super Bowls and winning Super Bowls, and that's why the last 25 years just don't really mean a whole lot. Uh, because they haven't done any of that. I mean, we're, we're, we're actually two years away from 30 years. So when I see things on here like Romo throwing for 34,180 career yards, yeah, whatever. Right. Because Aikman, here, here's, your, here's your stat, most completions by Dallas Cowboy, mm-hmm. Troy Aikman. Twenty eight hundred ninety eight completions. Yeah, how many? How many? Because he's hitting receivers that maybe weren't even wide open. I'll give Romo his due. Some of the some of the teams he was on did not have a whole lot of help. But you go play for the Dallas Cowboys for ten years, and you win two playoff games. That's why Prescott here in year eight's got to do something. Yeah. So how many of those passing yards were in the uh, playoffs? Ah, uh, well, that, that's where it matters, though. Yeah, you you know you know how many of those were. Yeah, you know, Jason Witten here, all time re- receptions, all time all time receiving yards, which you've already touched on. Here's another one: the all time all time touchdowns is that uh, um, Michael Irvin had seventy, not seventy five. Mm. I'd said seventy five. Des Bryant had seventy three. Yeah, how many were those? Now there was a a catch non catch Des Bryant up at Lambeau Field one year. Uh, but you know we won't discuss that. And here's here's another one: the all-time field goals made, Dan Bailey. How many of those were important? Mm-hmm. He made 186 field goals. Yeah, all-time punter. Here is you. Here is you a stat during those lean years. We we often joked about our most valuable player was the punter because he could punt it so far and and pin the other team deep. Mac, Matt McBriar played for the Cowboys from 03 to 11. As you can see, all those lean years, mm-hmm. his his average punt punting average was forty five point three yards, and he was an all pro. Blah blah blah, good stuff. When 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 your when your punter is your yeah. team's all time leader during that decade from oh and and I and I know it's into two, but oh three to oh eleven, that tells you a whole lot about what you guys were doing. <laughs> Something not very good. Where where you come over here, okay? So here's another deal. I mean, I know I was happy for Demarcus Ware that he went and got that Super Bowl with the with the Denver Broncos. Mm. Uh, not really. I'm glad he got it. 
I don't necessarily say I was happy. He's the all-time sack leader with 117 sacks. How many of those were important? Yeah. yeah. Not many of them. Right. He, he forced 32 forced fumbles. How many of those were important? Not many. But you want to go over here and look at interceptions from 1964 to 1977. That would have been four Super Bowls and several, several NFC Championship games. Mel Renfro had 52 interceptions from 64 to 77. 52 interceptions in 13 years. Now, I want to know about that. Okay? And then Kelvin Martin, we called him Kmart. And he played for the Cowboys from 86 to 92 and came back in 96. 1,803 punt return yards, important yards, because they took those yards and then went and scored with them. He's also our all-time, excuse me, Kelvin Martin, then Kelvin Williams, who came along in 93. He's the kickoff return leader for yards. 34 and 16 kickoff uh, return yards. 93 through 96, look what he was involved in. Important yards. A lot of people do a get a lot of garbage yards late in the game when they're down two or three scores. A lot of people get turnovers and sacks when the game is meaningless. It's like you look at the old boy, he hits 50 home runs a year. And I'm even going to say Alex Rodriguez in 2000, 2001, 2002. They hit a lot of home runs late in the game when they're down eight to three, when they don't mean a whole lot. And a lot of these stats, these career leaders with the Dallas Cowboys were through these years. Now, in to Romo's defense, he was having to throw the ball all the time because didn't didn't have the help over of behind behind him. And, and there were some decent running backs back there. There was no Emmett Smith. There were no Tony Dorsett's. I wouldn't even call many of them Don Perkins. Um, Robert Newhouse's. None of those guys were back there. So he was having to throw it a lot, and he was playing from behind, and he was having to force things that maybe he wouldn't have if they weren't down 10 points. On the other hand, he threw a lot of interceptions to get them in that hole as well. Now, let's talk about something very important here, of what, and I've discussed this before, which is our Super Bowl MVPs, and I just talked about Chuck Howley. Chuck Howley, the only, only MVP of a losing team because he had three interceptions in Super Bowl five against the Baltimore Colts. And then Roger Staubach in Super Bowl six, And then we had co-MVPs in Super Bowl twelve, Randy White and Harvey Martin. Super Bowl 28 was Troy Aikman. Uh, excuse me, 27. Super Bowl 28 was Emmett Smith. Should have been uh, James Washington. Never mind. <laughs> and uh, Super Bowl 30 was Larry Brown. Probably should have been Neil O'Donnell for throwing the ball to Larry Brown, but they got to give it to somebody. 12th rounder, pretty good deal, as we've talked about in the past. Well, maybe I went a little bit longer than 20 minutes. More slightly. like slightly. Well, I, it's when I got to the leaders, when I got when I got to the history of covering some of these things that the 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 last thing I want to, to to mention here is, is that, as I talked about, the Cowboys have won 34 games in the last three years. They are 10 and three right now. Does something really feel different than it has since 1995? Well, San Francisco 49ers are pretty good. And they just come off blowing out the Philadelphia Eagles, which everybody loved. And I think the only only team right now that's better than them in the NFL is the San Francisco 49ers. So can they catch them on the right day like the Cowboys did in, in the NFC Championship game in 1992? 
We're going to find out over the next month. You can always find our information at mx3.vip. Always contact us at info at mx3.vip and on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at mx3podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the bell icon to get notified of all of our content, which comes out every Monday morning. We're going to move forward, and like I told you, we're going to be getting ourselves geared up for a Christmas special that will be released, Jason, on Christmas Day. How about that? December the 25th. I think that's only the only thing we can do. And then we'll get back into our normal stuff as we start the new year and all these New Year's resolutions that we're going to have to get back into and people getting motivated to do whatever it is they do, getting back in the gym, making new goals for their New Year's resolutions and trying to figure out how to better themselves. So for everyone who's been a part of Money, Motivation and Mike today, continue to live your life the right way. <laughs>